0: How can you bring a story that in TV is 30 seconds and transform that in an experience that it has to keep users engaged for three weeks? It's a big challenge and we develop all the experiences in digital with that connecting tissue in mind, but create it for digital audiences. Not only for them to watch, but for them to experience, to play with it, to interact with it, etc.
1: It's not easy to keep a digital audience engaged. And it's especially hard when the product you're trying to engage them with is produce. And yet, Avocados from Mexico has set a gold standard for what it means to build a funnel and engage an online audience, and it has somehow found the secret recipe for success and also for guacamole. On this episode of Up Next in Commerce, I was so excited to chat with Yvonne Kinzer, the head of digital marketing and e-commerce for Avocados from Mexico. We dove into her many tales about how the company has used out of the box ideas to take something that rarely gets marketing love, aka produce, and turned it into must engage with content. She took us behind the scenes of creating one of the top digital campaigns for multiple Super Bowls. And she dove into what the future of digital marketing looks like, including why Avocados from Mexico has been ahead of the trends when it comes to things like NFTs and blockchain. This episode was an amazing one that I have now referenced at least seven times throughout some of the other episodes, because what they're doing with this company is wild and I loved every second of it. Enjoy the episode. Before we dive into the episode, I want to let you in on a little secret. Did you know that Mission has the number one e-commerce newsletter? it's amazing it has really good news and insights and case studies that you will not find anywhere else so go subscribe mission.org up next in commerce all right on to the show really quick i want to say thank you thank you to our awesome sponsor salesforce commerce cloud and i'm going to allow them to give you the inside scoop into some of the findings from their most recent state of commerce report
0: hi this is john from salesforce Did you know that companies of all sizes and industries power their digital customer journeys with Commerce Cloud? Salesforce Commerce Cloud delivers B2B and B2C commerce, as well as order management around the globe. And with Commerce Cloud, you can engage with your customers anywhere and personalize interactions everywhere. Scale and innovate with ease and drive some serious growth for your business. And speaking of innovation, we recently surveyed nearly 1,400 commerce leaders and analyzed the consumer shopping and business buying behavior of more than 1 billion customers worldwide. And we uncovered emerging trends that will influence how companies can be successful and stay ahead in this ever-evolving landscape. To check out the trends we discovered, go to sfdc.co slash commerce insights. That's sfdc.co slash commerce insights, one word.
1: and welcome back to Up Next in Commerce. This is your host, Stephanie Postal, CEO at mission.org. Today on the show, we have Yvonne Kinzer, who currently serves as the head of digital marketing and e-commerce for Avocados from Mexico. Yvonne, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for the invite. Yes, so happy to have you on. I think I just um, spent an hour going through your guys' website and then I got hungry and I realized it's probably not best to have avocados and salsa right before an interview. So we'll see how it goes. I, I was willing to take the, rest, the risk. <laughs> Maybe
0: it's a good thing because you can always get go for an avocado.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, I agree. So before we dive into avocados for Mexico, I was hoping you could touch on your background a bit. I saw that you moved from Venezuela to Dallas in 2001. And I thought that would be a fun point to jump off on um, hearing a bit about, you know, what inspired that move and what brought you here?
0: Yeah. I mean, if you think about it now, that was a long, long time ago. I came and um, my first job here in in, actually in Dallas, I have been here for over 20 years or 20 years this year, actually. And I oversaw over 20 countries, the campaign of um, or the advertising for American Airlines across 20 countries in Latin America. And I was there for a long time. I think um, relatively, I was there for about five years Mm -hmm. before I went to the research group in Dallas. Then, you know, I started going from agency to brands and brands to agency. I just, I like both sides of the business um, until a point where I made a decision and I really liked to stay on the brand side. So I stay there and right now I have been with Avocados from Mexico for seven years now. Wow. That's,
1: that's, that's amazing. So what pulled you to Avocados from Mexico? Because when you look at, you know, your background and what you just went through, it seems like such an interesting jump. And yeah,
0: what what was the draw there? It is interesting and that's a great story. Um, My career is full of stories, but this one is one of my favorite ones because I have I, I was also on the brand side with American Airlines after managing their account on the agency side. I went to the brand, then Hagar Company. For a while, I even go on my I went on my own. I was very curious about entrepreneurship, you know, just kind of implementing my own ideas. It went great. Um, it was on the fashion side, it went great, but I really missed the um, security and the stability of the corporate world. Mm-hmm. And it's when I went back then and went to Hagar clothing and then avocado from Mexico. But to your question, um, my point is that fresh products was nowhere in my experience or in my career. I was in transportation, telecommunications, fashion, apparel, retail, like the minimum experience in the fresh produce category. And then the recruiter of Avocados from Mexico contacted me because they were starting the company actually, which is a market, the marketing arm of two organizations, the growers and exporters of Avocados from Mexico in Mexico, and the importers and packers and distributors of Avocados from Mexico um, has Avocado in the United States. They came together and created a marketing arm to market their products, avocados coming from Mexico. So at that point, they appointed the president, who is my boss, Alvaro Luque, and he has been there you know, from the beginning, 2014, 13. And the recruiter contacted me and asked me if I was interested in going and speaking with them, with, with Alvaro. And I was like, what? Say, what am I going to do in avocados? I mean, I have, you know, and that was before the first Super Bowl, so I didn't even know that brand existed or anything. Yeah, she said, you know, just go and talk to him, and if you are not interested, then fine. But I think that you will like it because it's a very entrepreneurial organization. Is a very forward thinking, and he is looking to really make an impact in in the marketing industry. So that got me curious. And I went and talked to him and, you know, I was fascinated with his vision. Uh, He, you know, told me the magic words. He say, I'm looking for someone to build the digital marketing department from the ground up. Um, And when I told him, like, why me? I have, I don't. Have any experience in the category, he told me that he was not looking for someone with the experience, but he was looking for someone with solid expertise in the digital marketing side of the business who was very creative and who will be able to do what nobody else has done. And those are my magic worlds. I'm very creative. I love creative freedom and do exactly that, you know, what nobody else has done. And Besides is one of the very, very few cases in marketing where the marketing budget increases year over year because it's proportional to the sales volume and the sales volume of avocados have been growing year over year since two thousand seven and and especially since two thousand thirteen so it was sold I was sold, and I have
1: been there. that's great, yeah such a good story. And it's so interesting too. When I think about like other produce items in a grocery store, you would never even think like, Oh, you know, this avocado bag has a whole content strategy behind it. And they do Super Bowl commercials. And like the stuff that you guys are doing to me seems so innovative. Like you're taking all the risks, you're trying things, but what did it look like before you joined? Like how were they marketing and selling avocados? Like what was the landscape like before maybe they entered the digital world?
0: So when I started there, that was 2014, there was no digital marketing department. We had a social media, I mean, we were a Facebook page, and we have a few bloggers creating content. But, but I think that was about it. You know, they, then I started in September and my first assignment was, okay, now you, you have to build a Super Bowl digital campaign. First assignment, Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that means, right? but but, what is has been very exciting about it is that we that we were talking offline before, there was no preconceived notion of how a marketing practice should be. I think that is what has allowed us to do everything that we have done because nobody have ever said, "Oh, no, that's not the way we do things here." There was nothing. So um, we start creating. At least I can speak for my department that I start creating the marketing department that I thought, and I think right now, that is the right for this time. You know, one of the things that a lot of companies do is to become uh, complacent and, and keep doing things the way they have been doing it for years without even realizing they are doing that. In our case, there was nothing. So it was kind of a, Blank slate for us to build whatever our imagination can see. And like I was saying, the first, my first assignment was, you know, we're in September. I started in September, right? Super Bowl is next February, and building a campaign, you, you cannot build a campaign, it's just two weeks. So, was literally my first assignment is now you have to build a Super Bowl campaign. And it was the first time we went to the Super Bowl with a TV spot. So, I did. What I thought that it was best, and um, no knowing, no having experience of what even means to be a winning Super Bowl campaign, right? I just did, you know, put a lot of love and passion into that, but the, the, the best I could. And then I remembered that the very next day after the Super Bowl, um, I had a call from one of my agencies and says, Congratulations for the, the, the digital campaign! And I say, Why? What? What for? What happened? They say it was number two after Procter & Gamble. Wow. What, what does that mean? And then it was in terms of um, the most social interactions, uh, the campaign with the bigger bus after Procter & Gamble. Imagine that. And that was the first year. After that, we launched six more And every single year, we were either the one digital campaign or top two digital campaign. Of course, now I knew, okay, somebody is measuring this. We're very competitive. And then, you know, we purposefully look for that first and second place. But, you know, the first year happened just spontaneously. We didn't even try. I mean, I want to dive more into that because I just watched
1: your Super Bowl commercial from 2020 And it was so funny about, you know, what your avocado needs, it needs a helmet, it needs, you know, a baby carrier for it so it gets more skin-to-skin contact. I mean, it was really good, like, writing and super funny, which I feel like sometimes I don't always laugh at things. It actually was giving me a good (laughs) belly laugh. And I wanna hear how you go about developing content in a way that you did, especially with, you know, your Super Bowl commercials that are winning awards and, you know, coming in number two. Like, how do you guys even start Creating that campaign from scratch to make it connect with a lot of people.
0: Yeah, you know that. I I will say the most challenging thing about the Super Bowl is connecting the that content across the different departments and disciplines. Because the 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 concept of the TV spot comes from the brand team and the brand agency. We're like I mentioned before, we're very entrepreneurial organizations. So pretty much. Every lead of every department gets to choose their advertising partners, whomever you feel more comfortable working with for whatever reason, based on expertise or closeness or whatever it is. So then we have to, when the brand team define what is going to be our theme and you know they go to market to test three or four options. And then they decide this is the commercial we're going out with. Then they give that to the digital team, um, to my team, and I share it with my agencies and we start concepting the digital campaign. And the digital campaign have to be able to stand alone and live on its own. Um, stand on on its own, but it has to have some connecting tissue with the the TV spot. It has to look like the same story, but it's a huge challenge because how can you bring a story that in TV is 30 seconds and transform that in an experience that it has to keep users engaged for three weeks, Mm -hmm. because that's the time, you know, when we launched the the digital campaign until the game day is about two, three weeks. So, so it's a, it's a big challenge. And, and we have, we developed all the experiences in digital with um, that connecting tissue in mind, but created for digital audiences, not only for them to watch, But for them to experience, to play with it, to interact with it, et cetera.
1: How do you think about building out a call to action that gets people to go back to your website? Because oftentimes, you know, I watch these Super Bowl commercials and I definitely have more brand love towards, you know, the brands that make really good, engaging or funny content. But I don't know if I've always felt drawn to, you know, go right over to the website. Like, how do you think about making it, you know, a funnel that's actually going to convert and pull people into your avocado community?
0: Yeah, you know that's. I, I'm gonna tell you the story. I tell you, um, I have many stories about the Super Bowl, but let me tell you one that will illustrate a great, great example. Years ago, we also had a float in the Thanksgiving Macy's parade, and it was the same dynamic. The brand team, who also manages PR, has this project or this idea that to go do the Thanksgiving. Macy's Parade with a float. So we had a float. Then they, you know, the, the CEO comes to my team and say, hey, we're doing this in brand. So what you guys have to do is to create a digital campaign to go with this float in, on mm-hmm. Thanksgiving Day. But it's going to launch three weeks before. So what we did is how we can do you know, so users keep coming back after three weeks every day, right? Because you, you, you want them to come, come every day and participate every day and interact every day. So what we did is that we develop an interactive map. And the story was that we're bringing the float from Michoacan, Mexico, from where our avocados come from, um, all the way to New York. And you will see how is stopping in key cities across the United States, from Mexico all the way to New York City. So in each city we have videos, we had, you know, what are we doing in that video uh, in that city, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but the key was that the way, the, the only way the float can move is when users tweet or hashtag. So the more, the more they tweet, the faster the float goes to New York. And we know that we have to be New York by a certain day. So, wow. I mean, users were so excited, so excited about it, that the day of the parade, when we were monitoring the conversation online and you could see the excitement and users saying, that's my float. And that was the most rewarding feeling because they felt that was their float because they brought it from Mexico. And just to you know wrap up the story, we deliver more impressions of our campaign than the Macy's parade hashtag.
1: That's impressive and crazy.
0: Yeah. And and that I and mean, it was just, you know, how the power of engaging the audiences? They 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 work on your behalf, and because we don't have the dollars that you know the multi billion dollar brands have to compete in this type of um, competition, if you call it like the Super Bowl, for example. But we we still have been top one and top two in terms of the most talked about brands, and it's because we engage the users, and they do it for us. I mean, that's why when I was digging into this Avocados
1: from Mexico company, it was so exciting because at first I'm like, oh, it's a company about avocados. And I started seeing all these things you're doing. I'm like, whoa, they are really pushing the limits when it comes to marketing and being super creative of like how to pull people into these funnels and get them engaging. And yeah, it's super impressive. How do you think about the ROI around a Super Bowl commercial versus a float in a parade? Like what should the ROI look like or what should companies be going after when thinking about these really, you know, big moonshot level marketing campaigns?
0: So every company is different and every company has different goals, right? We, we don't manage our sales. We're a marketing organization, but our job as a marketing organization, we have two objectives that which is build the brand Avocados from Mexico in the U.S., and increase the demand of Avocado from Mexico in the US. So when we create these campaigns that has an enormous buzz, what we wanna do is to put Avocado's top of mind. When you have, and I give you the examples of our Super Bowl bowl campaigns, when you have, for example, um, seven billion impressions, that was um, Super Bowl this year, seven billion uh, potential impressions on social media, Yes. I mean, you can tell the consumer heard about avocado from Mexico a whole lot. Mm -hmm. So when they go to the grocery store, you're top of mind. And we, our conversation, of course, is very strategic. So we kind of wrap our conversation around, um, a fun story, but really in the, in the core of it, there's recipes, there's, conversations about how to consume the avocado in Super Bowl, for example, is the guacamole. We talk about, a lot about guacamole in Super Bowl. Um, there's a, a research company called YouGov. The previous two years, they did a kind of a survey one month after the Super Bowl and they publish the results and they say the winning brands one month after the Super Bowl. And avocado from Mexico also is among the top, top one or top two in terms of purchase intention, purchase intention increase even Mm -hmm. a month after the Super Bowl. We're talking about billions of impressions in social media, right? And then you may think, I mean, what, what is even an impression? Who cares? It is important because that huge conversation that happened in social media is just a reflection of users engaged talking about it. And when we go to, for example, and check the Google Trends, uh, how the searches for Avocados from Mexico, the brand, the brand name, the search for the brand name, the peaks overlap. We, when our conversation on social media is very, very high, you also see those peaks of Avocados from Mexico, the brand name searches very, very high. So, yes, I mean, it, it all this huge conversation that we create with campaigns like Super Bowl, Cinco de Mayo um, and Thanksgiving Macy's Parade, it really impacts the interest for the brand. So going back to our objectives, which is build the Avocado from Mexico brand in the U.S., check, and increasing the demand of Avocado from Mexico in the U.S., check, because we have seen also how this, Hugo, for example, is one of the companies that have shown the the increase in, in purchase intention.
1: There's a stereotype of the average American worker whose life goes something like this. Go to work, come home, consume some kind of entertainment, go to sleep, lather, rinse, repeat. If you're listening to this ad, then I know that that life does not resonate with you. For the truly disruptive business leader, work doesn't stay at the office, and unwinding doesn't mean watching TV at night every single night. This is why we've created Mission Daily, a podcast that discusses the trends, habits, and ideas that thoughtful business people are contemplating every day. From quirky business opportunities, to interesting investment ideas, to the latest research in health and exercise, and alternative medicine, and maybe even plant medicine. Who knows where we're going to go, but Mission Daily covers it all. We're releasing new episodes every weekday. So join me, Stephanie Postles, and my co-host, Albert Chow, as we discuss the subjects, thoughts, and trends that business leaders think about, but don't talk about. Publicly, that is. Break the status quo. Tune into Mission Daily wherever you listen to your podcasts. See you there. Thinking about all these marketing campaigns that you've done, what is one of the more risky ones that you've done that actually ended up working where maybe you know, people on your team were like, uh-uh, that
0: one's not going to pay off? One thing that I always start thinking even a year before the next Super Bowl is what kind of technology I'm going to integrate in the activation. I think that we live in a world that is dominated, and I say this in a very positive way, I believe in technology as a positive force to move the industry forward. So, and, and there's new technologies every year and, and I see the technology not, not as a shiny object, at least not, of them, not, not all of them, but as a, like I say, is what is moving the world forward and the marketing industry forward. So I start thinking about what technology I'm going to bring the next year. So last year, um, and it was actually that, that campaign that you referred at the beginning, uh, I wanted to bring the bottoms that right actually right now are super, super popular right now. What is it? NFT, or they call it also NFT. Have you heard about NFT? I
1: mean, I've heard of NFTs like in the, like the, um, the non-fungible tokens. Like that yes, one and like exactly. the top shot. Okay. Okay. Got yeah,
0: it. Got yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. All right. So, so then th- those are super, super po- popular right now. Uh-huh. Well, in 2000, in 2020, uh, 2020, we, it, the, the other name is batoms Okay. In 2020, we actually were the first, uh, one of the first brands that used that um, as a marketing tactic. And we were the first brand to put one or for advertising assets in the blockchain. And that was even before everybody wow. started. it. <laughs> That's so, so early. I mean, you guys are like
1: ahead of every trend, basically. I mean, have you done AR already? I was thinking like you have to probably have an augmented reality experience with your avocado. You guys have done everything.
0: We, we did actually was part of that same uh, same strategy. So what happened is that, you know, like that last year say, well, I want to do something with, um, NFT, let's call it NFT, even though, you know, we call it bottoms last year, but NFT and, and we did, but what it makes so challenging to be early adopter or kind of a trailblazer that you're bringing something that it hasn't been done before is that it's really, really hard to explain and Mm -hmm. get, and sell the idea within the organization is like, you know, we're, putting money toward this, we're allocating budget to these, and, and it's something nobody have done before, is that going to work? And honestly, the answer is, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can you know? It's, you don't know if it's going to work. But what we, um, what we do is when we experiment with that kind of things, we uh, experiment cheap, you know, as much as we can, and we are really well prepared to pivot if we need it. Mm -hmm. So my agencies, and and when I, you know, select my agency partners, it has to be someone that is extremely um, fast moving and can just, with a call, ship directions, because if not, it, it wouldn't work for the type of, you know, approaches that we take You know, when you can move that fast and when you have partners that can move that fast, the risk is minimum because when, I mean, in the digital space, you can course correct in real time and you're going to be fine. The problem is when you don't have the right partner that can move that fast and you know that you're, you know, the campaign is failing or there's room for improvement or it needs to be optimized and you cannot react quickly. But, you know, it was a big success in terms of that it created a lot of buzz and a lot of uh, media talk about it. And a lot of um, consumers came and visit our site and participate in our games to, because of that. Yeah.
1: Ah, that's, that's amazing. So tell me a bit more about the NFT strategy I mean, I understand the concept of them putting on the blockchain, a scarcity thing, you know, limited quantity, but what were you actually putting on the blockchain? And are you going to do it again in 2021 now that more people understand the concept of it because of the NBA top shot stuff that really, you know, put it on the radar of a lot of people who maybe wouldn't have known about it before?
0: Yeah. So what we did is kind of a mix between augmented reality. Actually, it started, the idea started with augmented reality. So users will sign up to get a digital wallet and then they will go to Walmart, for example, and then they will find avocados, digital avocados all over, and they will capture the digital avocados with the augmented reality and save them um, to their digital wallet. Like a Pokemon Go kind of game? Kind of, yes, Uh exactly, exactly like that. So they will collect the avocados and then Exchange it for um, every avocado that they collect is, is a point, so it was part of a, like a big game. So, but when one of those was a crown that you also saw in the TV spot, and that crown also we placed it in the uh, you, you know to for to develop these kind of objects, it requires special coding. Yep. So we coded. And somebody and, and then users will participate to win it, and the winner we will send them the instructions, and it was an object that could be placed in the blockchain, and they could then sell it or collect it or save it for later, or you know whatever they they wanted to do. so it was like testing the waters without going all in. We want to do, and I think that one that that that's one of four Our goals as a company is just, if anything is going to be tested out there in marketing, in the fresh produce industry, we want to lead that. Mm -hmm. Um, And and of course, we saw this is coming at some point. In fact, it came a year later, but we know this is coming. This is coming in marketing. We have to do this so we we did that the previous year, just to name another technology, we built an experience with IBM Watson. And that's another great story because it was such a creative implementation of Watson that even IBM contacted me to to her. How do you guys do this? Tell me the story and whatever. And then they sent an email to all their subscribers using our campaign as a Kind of a, a case story, like look how how created Avocados from Mexico is using Watson in one in a marketing campaign because it was a totally unexpected application of Watson artificial intelligence tool.
1: Wow. I mean, you're basically giving me a peek into the future and just thinking like, I want to know what you're thinking at all times because you probably are thinking two, to three years ahead of what other brands, when it comes to a marketing and technology perspective, are even thinking about right now. So what are you focused on over the next year or two? Like, what are you guys betting on that maybe other people would look at you be like, Ah, uh-uh, that's definitely not going to play out. No one's interested in that. Like, what are you guys uh, shooting for right now or focused on building from a marketing campaign perspective?
0: Yeah, so so two things I want to say about that. Um, first, l- let me tell you when I we're in the middle of planning 2022 planning or fiscal mm-hmm. year ends in June and it starts in July. So we're right now or planning processes in full swing. So in one of the first meeting, the opening meeting, where I get to talk to my team before they start even thinking about what are we gonna do for next year, I wanted to make very clear where has to be our focus. And and I told them something that, that is, I think it serves as a guide. When we look at the future, we need to see what are those forces moving us toward the future. Um instead of looking at what is trending, because the, you know I wanted them to differentiate what are the trends and the and what are the forces the trends are now and they may fade, but the forces the forces are what is going to build the future in in this case right now where we are, I will say um, the forces are definitely artificial intelligence, machine learning data 5g is going to to change the way we consume content and the way we consume uh, video. The trends, for example, on the other side are gaming. In that side is trending right now. I will put in-home fitness. I will put, you know, it's it's a trend. It may be permanent, but it's not something so transformational as it is artificial intelligence, data, and, and machine learning. So what are we focusing in the future? We just launched a platform called Avocado Nation. It's an intelligent platform with an artificial uh, intelligence and machine learning engine at the core of it. Uh, We call it the Netflix of avocados because it has kind of the same intelligence power, obviously much smaller than Netflix, but the inspiration was the way Netflix deliver personalized content to their consumers. And as most of the content production companies, they have like 30% success rate in the shows that they put out there. Uh, I believe that the last number that I saw for Netflix is like 70%. So inspired with that, we say we want to create the... Um, necklace of avocados and that's just one of the portions of this intelligent uh, platform and we have right now over 100 videos our goal is to get to a thousand videos eventually and it's videos like any format uh, short videos long videos funny series of videos uh, that it could be it could go from a dating show to a Recipe show, all kinds of videos to give the consumers a variety of content for them to interact with. And then in the meantime, the machine is learning from those interactions and helping us to make predictions in the future about what is the content that our first-party data um, is more engaged with. I was just
1: going to say the first-party data access is probably, is that a big driving
0: force behind creating an entire platform like this? big driving. Uh, Actually, that was the purpose because, you know, with all third-party cookies going away Mm -hmm. and all that, we have been working on that for several years now. And uh, right now we have over 100 million users on our consumer data platform. And we have a custom audience, that's our core audience, about 30 million consumers. So we already have um, again, we have been preparing for this since 2015, you know, talking mm-hmm. about looking to, toward the future. And when all this happened, a lot of brands are scrambling to get ready quickly. You, you're never complete with, you know, I'm, I'm done building my audience. That's something that the machine keeps learning. The algorithm keeps learning, but we're in a very, very good shape, um, in terms of first party data.
1: Yep. Yeah. I think it's interesting, too, that you approach the platform in a way like an AI first focused way where, you know, I talk to and hear from a lot of brands and many of them are, you know, very focused on content, creating their own series and figuring out how to make that work for the company. But it's very interesting hearing that you're essentially approaching it like a Netflix style model. And even thinking back to like, I don't know if you remember the earlier Netflix days where when they started coming out with their own originals and people were like, ah. Oh, they're not good. It's like the whole time they were just using that as training data. They were learning what we like. They were learning, you know, what makes for a good series. What kind of format are people looking for? And I love how you guys are approaching your platform with that as a focus first, instead of trying to figure it out afterwards and figure out, oh, why is, you know, why aren't people interacting? Why aren't they loving this series? Super smart.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and you know what? I have my, my agency, I have several agency partners, but I have one that is over, all the development and optimization of the website, et cetera. And I told them, this is an ongoing project. It's going to be always an ongoing project because, and I want to iterate every single week Um, because the, the, the algorithms are learning. And as we learned about how users are interacting, there's always going to be something to optimize and change and improve the user experience and the user journey. So it's it's kind of a mind shift uh, because you are iterating and changing, tweaking. It doesn't mean that the platform need is broken. It means that there's always, always, always the consumer behavior is changing. And if you forget about that and just launch something and leave it there, it's going to be outdated next month. Mm-hmm. So you have to change as your consumer expectations and and preferences change all the time.
1: It never stops. Yeah, I mean, when thinking about your employee base, you know, they it sounds like they're working on a ton. You can be working on Super Bowl commercials. You can be working on day to day like traffic generation, you can be working on an entire content platform where maybe you're trying to bring on new musicians and getting new series created. How do you instill a sense of, you know, creativity and an entrepreneurial spirit in them so that they're willing to kind of jump around and work on
0: all these things? It's just a lot of fun. I mean, I think that is, I have, I work with seven agency partners because I think we do so much and every, one of them has a specialization in one of the digital, um, the areas of, of digital. And all of them, I think, say that Avocado from Mexico is their most fun account. Mm-hmm. Um, and is one because, well, it's, it's, it's a fun brand, but also because also they have a lot of creative freedom. I really value a um, creative idea that is also strategic. We're very, very strategic. And you know, as long as it ties to the strategy, you know, the sky is the limit. Their imagination is their limit, and and then we really have fun bringing these crazy ideas, and we do so much that is impossible for one person to bring you know all the, the the good ideas so everybody has the opportunity to participate and and to you know lead and and manage their own projects and they work also very collaborative between you know all of them and all the agencies it, it feels like one big agency working together but it's really different partners mm-hmm. It's all about ownership. You know, when 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 people feel the ownership of a project, is amazing what they can do. That's, yeah, that's
1: awesome. So do you have any advice around working with agencies? Because we've, you know, heard from quite a few people that a lot of them have worked with agencies. They didn't have good experiences. They ended up bringing the creative and the branding and marketing campaigns back in house. And so how do you go about making sure that you're, you know, setting up a great partnership and finding these agencies like this that, you know, you speak so highly of?
0: You know, I believe that the agency choice is such a personal choice in the company culture, um, the culture of the team, this agency is going to work with internally. The decision maker within the organization um, has to be a perfect match with the agency. And with that, I want to say there's not a perfect agency for every, like there's not a one fit all. There's great, great agencies that may not be a good fit for certain people or certain um, companies. Um, In my case, and in the case of avocados from Mexico, just because we have the freedom to select the partners we want to work with, they are a perfect match. And I think that makes a difference. So what is my criteria is that they have to be a very, very creative agency, which of course, you know, any agency should be, but it's a different kind of creativity. They have to move fast. They have to be nimble. They have to be uh, non-conformist. They have to be, you know, there's so many things that it wouldn't work for, for us if it wouldn't be that way. You know, that freedom that we have to select our partners should be, you know, any company should have it because it's like selecting a life partner or selecting a business partner partner is someone you really, really have to complement each other and feed.
1: Yeah, really, really good advice. All right, well, let's shift over to the lightning round. The lightning round is brought to you by Salesforce Commerce Cloud. This is where I ask a question and you have a minute or less to answer. Are you ready, Yvonne? Yes. All right, hard one first. What one thing will have the biggest impact on e-commerce in the next year? Data. All right, tell me a bit more. What are you thinking around data?
0: Data, and I think the companies, any company, any technology company that is um, has anything to do in that field of e-commerce is really, really fast right now, creating the new best solution. There are things they are they are working on right now that um, are going to come out next week or in a month or two months that um, doesn't exist now. And they are building all that based on data they are capturing now as we speak. So I think that data is going to be the big driver for technology, for technology capabilities, for um, how the technology is, and users are going to interact with each other. And there's so much data out there you know, we we are learning right now how to organize it and how to activate it. And that knowledge is what is going to be used to build the next next generation of e-commerce tools.
1: Love it. When you want to get into the creative mindset, what do you do to
0: get into that vibe? I walk. You walk? It's very unfortunate what happened to the world in this last year. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, you know, So really sad consequences. But I can tell you, in my case, I think professionally speaking, it was my best year ever. It was my most creative year, my my most uh, productive year, because I realized that um, the way I create is by being close to nature and being with my own thoughts and reflecting on, um, things that I talk with, you know, people in the industry, things that I read, but then going back and retrieve and, and reflect on those things. I I think that everybody should have that space Mm -hmm. to let the create their creative power to work.
1: Yeah. I love that. I feel that I also yeah. I get very inspired when I'm just out walking and hiking and yeah, I think that's definitely a yeah. good way to jumpstart that. If you had a podcast, what would it be about and who would your first guest be?
0: Oof, that's a hard one. I think it will be definitely something related with technology. It will be about disruptive technology and new solutions I don't know exactly, it doesn't come to my mind what will be my first guess, but I think that I would love to interview a woman in technology. Uh, I think it's a field where women are being very successful, but only not. it was not until recently that they really had a place on the table um, in that industry. So it's, it will be very interesting to learn how that has been and, and and how it feels to be you know one of the top these top technology companies preferably if she's a founder of a technology company and see how you know how she lives and interacts in an industry that only until recently became recognizing female as as leaders. Yep. Oh that sounds like a
1: good one. I would for sure listen to that. Well Yvonne thanks so much for coming on the show. It's been really fun to get a peek into some of your marketing and digital strategies. And yeah, it was just really fun feeling like I had a chance to glimpse into the future with you. Where can people find out more about you and Avocados from Mexico?
0: So we Avocados from Mexico on Twitter is Avocados from Mexico. And about me, I have the same Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn is all Yvonne Kinzer Mm -hmm. at I B-O-N-N-E-K-I-N-E-R. Amazing. Thanks so much, Ivan. Thank
1: you. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, you'll probably also love our e-commerce newsletter. To get it delivered straight to your inbox every week, sign up at mission.org slash upnext in commerce. Upnext in Commerce is brought to you by Salesforce Commerce Cloud and created by the team at mission.org. Subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.